0: In crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us on this Monday. Andrew Cashflow, aka the Cashflow King, is going to be here. And we got Johnny Crypto running late as usual on this Monday morning, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the SEC is currently reviewing the approval of Bitcoin ETFs in America, unlocking massive amounts of capital for the world's largest cryptocurrency. As the largest asset manager on the planet stated that crypto has the potential to transcend fiat currency. As Jeremy Hogan summarized the Ripple ruling, telling the XRP community an appeal is extremely unlikely from the SEC. And with the SEC losing their case against Ripple Labs last week, Brad Garlinghouse breaks down the details, showing our community how American institutions now have the green light to use XRP. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Gonzo, you know what's exciting about Monday episodes is we get two and a half days to prepare. And believe me, we prepared for today's show. But guys, we got 240 live listeners already here. Show us some love and smash that like button because today it's going to be a very special episode. But Gonzo, first of all, how you feel, my friend? Thank you for being here.
1: Um, I'm feeling outstanding, Abs. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to come on. We're, we're kind of testing things out. So we'll see how the data holds up. But I'm literally on a cruise ship right now on our way to Cozumel. Like if you looked over there off camera, like Shelly's kind of passed out sleeping. So I'll try not to like yell and scream. But yeah, man, I just been, uh, we left on Friday. We flew into Miami uh, and we were there overnight on Friday and we left yesterday. The the ship uh, had some issues. So we left kind of late. So it feels like we're like flying down the ocean. But yeah, man, uh, it's just it, it, it's been really relaxing. It's been really, really nice.
0: Thank you, Gonzo. We're excited to have you here. And I wish I could keep my mouth down, but I know I'm going to forget. So I apologize to Shelly in advance. Andrew, how you feeling this morning? Thanks for making time for us. A lot of exciting news over the weekend, and you had some time to digest. So what's on your mind, my friend? Thank you for being here.
2: Yeah, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody, wherever you are in the world. Um, yeah, I had a great weekend. Actually, last Friday was super news, not only because of, of the XRP uh, lawsuit, but the Andrew cash flow website went live So andrewcashflow.com check it out everybody and uh, you know uh, make money together just 20 minutes per day and um, we, you know we make money on a consistent basis so uh, i would say check it out and uh, looking forward to a great show again guys
0: Thank you, Andrew. We appreciate you being here. And guys, we got 309 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. We're giving updates throughout the day. When we look at the Bitcoin fear and greed index this morning, we're sitting at neutral, guys, at a 54. And Johnny Crypto, don't worry, you're not in trouble, my friend. I'm excited you're here, bro. So thank you for making time for us. When we look at the crypto bubbles, we've got red bubbles across the board. A couple green, KAS up about 15%, Gala up about 5%. When we look at the total coin market cap this morning, we're sitting at $1.21 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 30. 30- 30,000, Ethereum is 1,900, XRP is sitting at 74 cents this morning, still up 57% on the seven day, and Cardano is sitting at 31, but Johnny, we got a bunch of fantastic news prepared for today, and there is 325 people waiting for your introduction, so first of all, how you feeling, then we're going to roll into our content.
3: Well, Abs, it's been busy times. Busy times, as you can all imagine. There is no time to breathe right now, but I'm just going to say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you guys. It's great to see Andrew and Gonzo. Well, what a surprise today. So great. Abs, can't wait to hop into it.
0: Thank you, Johnny. And what I'm excited about most is this video we are going to share. I'm not sure if I'm having technical. There we go. Finally got my screen to share. Ripple executive Stuart Alderati says UX banks will want to use XRP's cryptocurrency after the partial victory with the SEC. And that's what we're going to be breaking down throughout this episode. But to begin, we're going right to Brad Garlinghouse as he's talking about how on-demand liquidity was the initial focus of Ripple. With this new ruling, this opens the floodgates for utility.
4: What I think will be next and certainly something Ripple thinks about, we started with enterprise-based cross-border payments. We talk about there being four kind of primitive pieces to blockchain-based technologies. Liquidity, compliance, I'm going to miss, liquidity, compliance, custody, and tokenization. And Ripple really aspires to be more than just that kind of liquidity and cross-border payments. I think you'd expect that we will expand into some of those uh, some of those other areas either organically or through acquisition. And I think we'll look at let's make acquisitions in markets that are friendly to these technologies. Uh on the previous panel, you had representation from the UAE, you had representation from Switzerland. These are countries that are providing the clarity for entrepreneurs to invest and that allows a company like Ripple that is larger we have a billion, more than a billion dollars of U.S. dollars cash on our balance sheet. We want to deploy that to grow both organically, internally, but also inorganically through acquisition.
0: Now, there's a lot of rumors about what Ripple's going to need to do in order to pay the $700 million fine. And guys, it is not what people are making it to seem, but let's stay focused on what we're on now. Johnny, how do you feel about Brad Garlinghouse statements? Now that we got a ruling in, in America, does this open the floodgates for utility well beyond on-demand liquidity?
3: I mean, it most certainly gives them a chance to play on an equal playing field now, Abs. That's the difference, right? Before, they had kind of been put in, you know, handcuffed and what they could and couldn't do. Now, at least, they're finally open, if that makes sense. So, I think from that perspective, it's exciting that you're going to be able to have them at least have a chance to play on the same grounds. But something that's important is what Brad said. He's like, hey, we started out as a cross-border company, but now... We're going into custodial. We're going into another keyword. You hear what he said? Tokenization. So, I mean, you know, they're smart. He's going to, I mean, any company, when you want to survive, you although I think he's doing a little too quick, you can't do them all at the same time. But you can see he's going to expand the company's scope and what they want to do and what they want to be. Of course, you probably should be one thing before you're expanding to all these other. But at, at this point, they're expanding into all the places to play. So, you know, maybe they're checking to see, which one actually sticks, you know, they see these four big areas that they want to play in. And it seems like rather than going after one, they're going to go for all four and kind of see it where they can cement their ground. That's my guess, or at least that's what it sounds like.
0: Thank you, Johnny. And we got 380 listeners here this Friday. We had Tony Edward do a live interview with Brad Garlinghouse on Twitter. And Brad said something he's never said before when it comes to XRP and the utility flooding into this network. We're gonna play this brief clip and kick it straight to Gonzo. Here we go. For the future of Ripple as oh, well yeah. as XRP. So, look,
4: the implications for XRP, I think, are profound, right? So we've been had this artificial pressure kind of sitting on top of us. That weight is lifted. It was a very, very, very heavy weight, but based upon a very, uh, in my opinion, bloated bureaucratic organization sitting on top of us. Uh, you know, for so that's. I think we're gonna see more entrepreneurs, more developers, starting to participate in the XRP community, the XRP ledger activity that's fabulous. And as I think I was saying right before I was breaking up that the, the dynamic there are uh, dynamics of the XRP ledger, which are far more efficient and and make it better for certain use cases. And I think that'll be good for the whole community period, you know, for ripple look, it, uh, I mean, somewhat similarly, obviously our technology stack is really built on top of the XRP ledger. Uh, and, you know, we'll continue to invest heavily. There's things we haven't been able to do, uh that now we have clarity you know again if you go back years i've been the words i want a level playing field and i want clarity for the xrp community and really for crypto overall
0: the next topic of conversation we're going to break down is how congress is now has incentive to act gonzo with xrp being the only token besides bitcoin to receive clarity in the u.s this is something we've talked about for years but the day is finally here what is your response to brad garlinghouse statements
1: Yeah, you know, it's disruptive technology, and I've always felt that I was always excited about what's to come in the future, things that we haven't even thought of that they're going to build. And it was very telling when he did his media tour last week, I think it was on Friday, and they had asked him, like, what's the future of XRP or talk about some future use cases. And he mentioned that when, you know, before the ruling had come out, they were afraid to kind of make comments about that because the SEC had attacked them and kind of use that whole marketing thing where he didn't wanna do anything that was considered marketing because they still didn't know how the ruling was gonna come out and they were cleared of that. And so he was able to kind of start talking and now you see all these interviews, but like you said, it's disruptive tech. I think the very next thing to be looking at is tokenization, right? And and you start to see the narrative, right? It's not just Brad Garlinghouse talking about tokenization. You have um, Larry Fink talking about tokenization of assets, right? Um, And so, yeah, I I think the sky's the limit uh, when it comes to the future of XRP.
0: Johnny Crypto, there's been a lot of people in the mainstream media trying to paint this as a win for the SEC. But luckily, there are some people who tell the truth in the industry, and we're a couple of them on this program. Blockchain startup Ripple is confident that U.S. banks and other financial firms will start showing interest in adopting XRP for the use of cross-border payments after being considered not a security. The San Francisco-based firm expects to start talking with American financial firms about using its on-demand liquidity product, which uses XRP, for money transfers in the third quarter of this year. Let's pause here before I go through the remainder of this article, Johnny. Are things moving quicker than you anticipated? What I was shocked by last week is when we got a ruling in this case. Many, if not all, of American exchanges quickly began to relist XRP. Do you think we could see something similar with financial firms where now that they don't have this regulatory hurdle to overcome, they have the green light to start using this technology?
3: Um, ah, Am I shocked? Listen, whenever there's money to be made, no, I'm not shocked that they were ready to go. I mean, they all have been wanting to list XRP for the longest time. And we keep talking on this show, you know, when are they going to release? When are they going to release? Well, you got your answer. <laughs> they released it within hours. So it goes to show you they had everything all set. They knew, you know, they probably had made the decision months ago that whenever the decision came out, if it was not a security, they were going to release quickly. So they were already in position to literally flip the switch. Um, so I'm really not surprised there. We probably should have seen that coming, to be honest with you. Uh, in terms of adoption, Of the use of the technology apps, that's a completely different question. You know, flipping a switch to be able to sell something on an exchange that you already sold is one thing. Adopting a technology and implementing it into your whole entire system and building your whole infrastructure on it is a completely different underhaul. That's a big lift. Now, So, no, I don't think it's going to happen as quickly unless I'll caveat it with this, unless behind the scenes the past three years, they've been working on it anyway and playing with it and testing. And I don't know if they have or haven't. We haven't heard a lot of, you know, these things are other what we call NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. So they're probably working on the technology and not telling us. So if a lot of that was going on in this past three years, then the answer to your question is, yes, you'll start to hear some news pretty quickly. If it hasn't and they're going to start testing it now, then no, you're not going to hear it for a while. So that's probably not the answer you want to hear. But those are probably those are the two different scenarios, depending on whether or not the companies were or were not using the technology in the past or testing technology in the past three years. Andrew Cashwell, I'd love to get some of your thoughts as well. The San Francisco-based company says
0: that in the third quarter of this year, we could see American companies begin using XRP, and that's obviously due to the ruling that the judge gave last week. A New York judge delivered a watershed ruling for Ripple in determining that XRP was not necessarily a security on its face. Ripple's business suffered as a result when they were initially sued by the SEC as they lost several partnerships, including one major partner, which was MoneyGram, that terminated their deal after the SEC's lawsuit. When asked whether the ruling that meant American banks would return to Ripple's ODL product, Alderati said, I think the answer to that is yes, American banks will start using Ripple's ODL. I think we're hopeful that this decision would give financial institutional customers or potential customers comfort to at least come in and start having the conversation about what the problems they were experiencing in their business, as well as the real world problems in terms of removing value across borders without incurring obscene fees. Hopefully this quarter, we will generate a lot of conversations in the United States with customers. And hopefully some of those conversations will actually lead to, will actually turn in to real business. Andrew Cashflow, what do you think is going on here? Are we about to see the floodgates open or are we still going to go through a process of turmoil while the SEC has has 60 days to appeal?
2: You know, if I was a major bank or a, a, a major institution, I would already have maybe a small team, but I would have a team developing and exploring XRP cryptocurrencies. I should be front row that as soon as the show is and, and, and the curtains go open, then I must be there because customers will ask me as as, as, as as a bank or an institution: hey, when can I lower my fees for international payments? When can I do this? When can I do that? So uh, will it be very fast, like, like like Johnny already said? He is pretty pretty right. Uh, not very fast, but faster than, than we can imagine. You know, uh, maybe in, in in imagine what will happen in a year. You know, a year in crypto land is we, the whole world can can turn. Yeah, <laughs> the whole world turns around the sun in a year. But a lot of stuff also happens in the crypto uh, arena
0: absolutely yeah. andrew and you know what's exciting is right now we've got companies that are are managing trillions and i want to say the name blackrock don't shadow ban me youtube blackrock just came out this past weekend and said they're ready to start using this product all they needed was regulatory clarity and we're going to talk about it now but gonzo i'm going to you for this next topic ripple now sources most of its business outside of the us due to the initial suing by the sec ripple has over 900 employees globally with roughly half of them about 450 residing in the United States. XRP uh, is used by the company Ripple as a bridge asset for money transfers from one fiat payment into another. For example, you can send U.S. dollars to Mexican pesos and solve the issue of needing pre-funded accounts on the end transfer to wait for the money to be processed. Anybody who doesn't know, SWIFT is just a messaging system. Ripple really transfers value, and this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Gonzo, I'm yet to hear your opinion, so open take. The floor is yours.
1: Um, so I, I think that uh, – like when you hear Bank of America, right, when we were talking about Bank of America a few months ago, you know they were saying that, hey, they're just waiting for the resolution of the lawsuit so they can start doing what they want to do. So you would think that um, when it comes to technology because it takes time, they would already start implementing kind of like the rails and start building this out just to be ahead of the curve, right? Because anyone that's gonna continue or start building from this point forward are probably behind anyone that was already ahead of it or people that were already in the space. Um, and But I think implementing the technology when it comes to like banks and things like that is a little bit different than when you're talking about like as an investment thesis, when you talk about like these hedge funds and are we gonna get like an XRP ETF or something like that? Um, I think that's a little bit tougher because those guys are really bound by regulation and laws. And until Congress comes out and gives us clarity or actually like uh, real rules of the road, then um, I think it's going to be hard for those huge institutions, hedge funds, XRP, ETF, and those kind of things to come in. But as far as utility, it's much easier, right? I think that the banks uh, or anyone that wants to build on the XRP ledger now has the clarity Mm -hmm. that they need because they were just worried about is XRP a security and it's not. So now they can start building on those platforms.
0: Johnny Crypto, we got 521 live listeners here. Show us some love and smash that like button. Let the algorithm pump this out to as many listeners as possible. And look at this, Johnny. Katie Hun, the former U.S. Treasurer, or sorry, the U.S. Justice Department prosecutor, said an appeal on the recent court decision for XRP seems unlikely. And we're going to be hearing from Jeremy Hogan on that topic in and of itself but I'm going to play the remainder of this Brad Garlinghouse clip discussing American adoption. And we're going to kick it right back to the group. Here we go. We really have that now.
4: And uh, that's profound. You know, I think I was right starting to say when uh, I was breaking up, you know, I don't know if it's an irony or what, how exactly to describe it. But the fact that now that there are really only two digital assets that are cleared in the United States, officially cleared, Bitcoin and XRP. Now, Boom. I don't view that as a good thing. I just view that as a statement of reality of where we are right now. And I think it does for you know call upon. Like-
0: so we're going to talk about Ethereum, and he's going to say that Congress now has to act because of that ruling. But, Johnny, you heard it for the first time ever out of Brad Garlinghouse's mouth. For the first time in human history, I'm going to make this a little dramatic here. XRP is the first crypto asset to have clarity in the United States. If I told you that three years ago, people would have rolled your eyes.
3: Here we are today. So what's it mean to you, Johnny? Well, first of all, it's the second because we we there's been clarity around Bitcoin. They've been the SEC has come out and said Bitcoin is not a, a security. So I would say we have two, as Brad said, clear. But Abs, everybody in our chat wants to talk about whether or not this thing is going to get appealed. And you actually brought up a tweet, so I think we should spend some time and maybe go around the group and get everybody's opinion on whether or not there's going to be appeal, or more importantly, the likelihood of appeal. And yes, by the way, we were able to secure Jeremy Hogan this Friday, as you said, so we will talk to him more about that. I think that's great. But it would be kind of cool just to go around and give our thoughts here because I think this is an important topic right now. So let me just start out by telling everybody this. You have up to 20 to 21 days to appeal a court case, and that's it. So you know, when did the, the ruling came out? On the 13th. So that means the 20 days from that would be the 33rd, which doesn't exist. So we're talking like I don't know August 2nd or August 3rd, right? Somewhere around that date is what we're gonna all be looking for to see if if um, if there's any uh, appeal. okay So that's number one. So at least we now know the time frame to look for August 2nd, August third 20 when, 20 days from the ruling. So now the question is, Will they appeal? And I have my thoughts, but I don't know if I want to go first. So maybe we go around the room or however you want to handle that. I'll mean, go first, right.
0: Johnny. So I think there's a couple things to note that are most important about this appeal. Number one is that if they, if they sec appeals and they lose in that appellate process, that now becomes precedent for the entire industry. That means they can take this ripple ruling and apply it to any other project. They decide to go after that could be a huge loss for the sec, because if they lose in the appeal process, they would lose a massive amount of power. And right now, we know they're going off exchanges, but this show is about everybody in the group. Let's start with Gonzo and then kick it to Andrew.
1: You know, I guess it just really depends on what, what your theory is or what you believe, right? If you believe that the whole point of this was to create a new Howie test or ripple test, then that means they are probably going to appeal it, right? Because they want to turn it into not just a federal judge's decision, but they want to turn it into an actual law. And that's going to need to go to the Second Circuit and up to the, the Supreme Court. You know, if you try to use logic, right, you can't really use logic because if we were using logic from the beginning, they would have never even been sued to begin with. Right. So to say that that, you know, the SEC would not risk it because it would turn it to law and they're thinking logically. Well, they haven't been thinking logically. So for me personally, what I'm doing is I'm just enjoying the moment, understanding that the appeals process is going to take some time. And for now, the monkey's off the XRP back. And so I'm just going to continue to do my investment thesis and I'm going to continue on that bag that I have set aside I'm going to trade it right because yeah. we're going to continue to see that volatility we're going to come down to the floor we're going to break up we're going to break down and in that time frame I'm going to continue to continue to stack more and more XRP by going from USDT to xrp and back and forth so i'm just going to enjoy it and then let the attorneys figure out you know what the appeals process all looks all right like. all
3: right but god so i'm not letting you off the hook that easy you got to give us your thought are they going to appeal or are they not going to appeal yes or no give us give us what you think i
1: i think that people are caught up on it and i think it's going to take longer for it to be a decision because remember you still have that criminal case that we talked about getting a betting charge in order for any kind of appeal to go forward, that needs to be resolved first. They, either, they need to decide whether they're going to charge these guys criminally and try to fight that in court before they can even appeal because Deaton said you can't piecemeal the two cases, right? So that needs to be resolved. So if they drop those charges and they say, okay, we're not going after that, now we're going into an appeals process, then you kind of start that clock. Um, I would say if I was willing to guess, I would probably lean that um, this is going to make a new Howie test and that they're probably going to appeal it.
0: Andrew Cashflow, I do want to get your thoughts as well. We got 566 live listeners out there. Show us some love, smash that like button. And before I get your response, Andrew, I think it's important we go through the SEC's response, or at least public response to the Ripple ruling. The SEC stated, we are pleased that the court found that XRP tokens were offered and sold by Ripple as an investment contract in violation of securities law. In certain circumstances, the court agreed with the SEC that the Howey test governs the securities analysis of crypto transactions and rejected Ripple's made up test as to what constitutes an investment contract, emphasizing that the Howey and subsequent cases have held that a variety of tangible and intangible assets can serve as a subject of an investment contract. Further, the court rejected Ripple's fair notice argument, noting that the Howey test is clear and that the claiming ignorance is not a defense of violating securities law. We will continue to review the decision. That is word for word from the SEC. Guys, just take mental note here. What are they trying to promote? They are telling you right now, we control these markets. Don't feel as if you're safe. We're still looming. We're still circling the waters. That's what I take from this letter. Andrew Cash, I would love to hear your thoughts.
2: You know, it is. This sounds like a crying child. No, I must be right, and I want to have it, and i and barge out because my father is a boxer or or whatever. You know, I have the power, and I will do it. It's 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 so yeah ridiculous. And time after time, I'm asking myself, who SEC? Who are you representing? Look at Europe. We have the Mika law. You know, it's 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 all prepared. It's there. You can take it over from us. It's, it's, it's not that difficult. Yeah? Do not block innovation. So, second question, what do I do with my XRP holding? You know, I have the advantage that I went in below 25 cents years, years ago. So, honestly said, I took some profits last, uh, 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 at the end of last week. Just because, yeah, I think, you know, and, and now I'm going to trade with those profits and, and I'm going to trade XRP with it. And what I also want to say to people, you know, everybody has his own entry point. And based on your entry point and also based on your uh, investment thesis or your investment strategy, you have different exit points. Do you sell everything at the same time, only a portion of it? So think what you do, define your rules and stick to your own rules. And don't get influenced by others too much because if you get influenced too much, you always lose in the end, or you sell too late, or you buy too late. So think what you do. But uh, you know we are very interesting times, and uh, I, we also see uh, some movement in other altcoins. Uh, I think you know, guys. In a couple of months, the, the party is going on, and uh, and we we can make uh, we can make money. And I see Johnny uh, pointing to Merlin. So uh, yeah, let's have uh,
3: an exit player, baby. Take the profits.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and oh, go ahead. in my in my course, you know, you learn the you learn the strategies. You learn exactly where to put based on your entry points, where to put your exit points. So first, per, personalized. So uh, you know, we we help you
0: with everything. Thank you, Andrew and Johnny. This is something I'm excited about covering, guys. We got 588 live listeners here. Me and Charlie Gasparino had an exchange of words over the weekend, and I'm going to consider this a W for Good Morning Crypto. If we can get on people's radar, I'm excited about it. So I'm going to show you what happened with me and Charlie, then we're going to kick it around the group. Johnny, we are going to talk about the appeal. Trust me, this all circulates back to that. So I said, what kind of behavior is being displayed from Charlie Gasparino with Fox Business? This is a clear example of the mainstream media not focused on the truth, but instead company objectives and an uninformed narrative. To be clear, Charlie stated that the SEC won this case and that Ripple lost. The real question is, is he an uninformed journalist not doing his job or is he purposefully misleading the community that follows him? Hold on, Johnny. XRP, XRP is not a security. Have a great weekend, everyone. Well, apparently I caught the attention of Charles because I tagged this exchange he had with Brad Garlinghouse here and he didn't address any of my questions, but instead looked for a spelling error that actually doesn't even exist within this quote. So, Johnny, I did want to get your thoughts. Charlie Gasparino was claiming that Ripple lost this case, but the big names in this space have not been supportive of Ripple. I didn't expect anything to change, but I didn't expect outright lies either. You tell me what's going on here, and then we'll circle back to the appeal.
3: Well, I think, unfortunately, we're never going to get Ellie on the show again. So thanks. For, don't thanks don't your,
0: say that.
4: Don't say thanks that. Thanks
3: for picking a boat with her boss. No, I'm just kidding. Hopefully we'll be able to get her back on the show. But, uh, you know, listen, at the end of the day, Charlie took a stance. Charlie, you know, had been going on the air saying for a while that the SEC was going to win. And the reality is, if you remember what happened here, um, <laughs> I think somebody just started a group call for us. You you know, if you, if, you, um, if you think of what happened here, Abs. You really have, and we talked about this on the air, there. air, there was a splitting of the baby. So the reality is both sides can claim a win here, and that's what everybody is forgetting, right? The SEC you know, clearly won the beginning half of what we all knew they were going to win. No surprise there. We all said, uh, we've been saying for a while that we thought, that, you know, that, that we could see how they could say in the beginning um, that, that S- the XRP was sold as a security, but that not the way they're operating today. It's exactly what we said was going to happen. That's what happened. So the reality is, yes, both sides can claim a win. And so Charlie's part right. He can come out and say the SEC won. Because here's the thing. The SEC now still has the ability to go after companies. And they'll point to this exact ruling to say, hey, in the beginning, if you made a promise and you sold to an institution and you promised them profits and you're an entity, guess what? That's the hobby test, baby. And you're going to get sued so there is a win for them let's let's not let's not i'm not going to come out here and 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 sugarcoat this thing and say that ripple didn't lose they lost a piece of this however then you flip the coin on the other side and say well wait a minute ripple also won because the most important thing to all of us and the companies going forward okay is the fact that ripple can be traded or the uh, i'm sorry not ripple xrp the token can be used as a non-security that is by far the biggest thing that we were all waiting for. So for everybody else, that feels like a win for Ripple. So you can make the argument on both sides, but if you're a smart man, you realize both both sides won. So going back to the appeal, by the way, Gonzo gave his opinion. I think Abs, you gave your opinion. Andrew, you didn't give your opinion. So before I give mine, do you think the SEC is going to appeal this case or no? What do you think?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You Interesting. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Because they they the, the ego is so big. They cannot stop and they, 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 they think we have to continue and we have, we have to do this till, till maybe that follows, but uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's my, my idea. they, they will Check never stop. Yourself. And they, you know th- that, that small article that they say, yeah, we want this and we want that. <laughs> they want to increase the, the feeling that they have won at least and yeah, as much as possible.
0: So- Here's what we are going to discuss, Johnny. And I know you're going to, you're waiting everyone, making everyone wait 30 minutes for your appeal to take here. But I do want to give your, I do want to read this really quickly. Stuart Alderati stated that the Judge Torres ruling will not affect Ripple's business. Although Judge Torres found that our sales directly to institutional buyers had attributes of a security and should have been registered, he said the business as is would not be affected by the component of this ruling as its customers are primarily located outside of the US. I just wanted to throw that in there before we get your take, Johnny. So floor is yours.
3: No, I think that's really awesome. It's a good fine ab. So so my take on the appeal is this. So first you have – I read a really interesting uh, attorney's opinion this week. It was really interesting. He said that he 100% believes this thing is going to get appealed because the judge made a ruling in such that she made it sometimes a security and not always a security Based on the f- sophistication, sophistication of the actual investor, and yet you really can't do that. And what happens is, so she made a ruling that said, "Hey, if you're an institution and you're buying this thing, and you you know you're 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 educated in this space and you're buying it for a profit, well, it's a security. But if you're an investor, a non-educated investor, and you're buying it off an exchange, it's not a security." And he said, "That's not really." the way it can work. It needs to be one or the other. It can't be some half pregnant. So that's very interesting. And he was saying because of that reason, the SEC will appeal this thing and the win on that appeal. And this will get overturned. That was his opinion. My personal opinion is when you look at the SEC, they got the win they needed. They can still go after companies and say their security, if they operated the way Ripple did in the beginning, the fair notice defense was lost by Ripple which would have literally clipped the wings off of the SEC had they won that. They didn't risk losing that. So why go to court and risk opening up a can of worms when you already have a win? So in my opinion, my take is they've got the win they want. They've already touted the win that they've got. They can still go after people. And so I would think that it would be foolish for them to appeal. I don't think they will, but we're going to find out in, in – uh, about 13, 20, 18 days, something like that. We're going to find right, out.
0: Crypto, You're lucky we don't do this show in person. I'm pretty sure the mobs would be surrounding you right now. You said it, some things I definitely disagree with, but Gonzo, you got some thoughts. Oh, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. What, what things do you disagree with? Well,
0: go. Gonzo's going to address Well, no,
1: I just wanted to clarify something. Uh, as far as the fair notice defense, they did not lose the fair notice defense. They lost a piece of they it. Only, they, exactly. The piece of it that has to do with the initial sales because there was already determined to be an investment contract. But they actually didn't lose it. Just that piece of it. That that was it. But um, there was another thing that I, I was going to say. I got a quick comment uh, too. Because come back to right? Yeah, John, you brought Go up ahead.
0: something interesting, which is that you think you called it a win. You used the. I don't know if you meant to do that on purpose. You said now that the SEC won, you said those words. So, in your opinion, do you believe the SEC won this case? Who's in your pockets?
3: What are you talking about? I said I I I described exactly the whole scenario. Both sides won. He said
1: they split the baby. They he
0: split, split the baby. Split both the baby. sides
3: yeah. won. Are you not paying attention? Somebody wake up, abs. I think you've been reading. <laughs> I think you've been typing too much. You're not paying attention. I said both sides won. The SEC got their win to be able to go after companies early on if they sold their token to an investment institution like Ripple did. Okay, okay because that meets the Howey test because they sold it to the institution with the promise of it making money, with it being Anthony, that, that constitutes an investment contract. There's no question they won that piece of it because Ripple has to pay a $700 million fine. Here's what's but interesting
0: is that the SEC is built to protect retail investors, but it, <laughs> when you're talking about the ruling of this case, and it's funny. Yeah, I know. But when you talk about the ruling of this case, what Judge Torres ruled is that retail is fine, but the institutions have too much exposure. They need protection. That's, that's well,
3: what well, i and The funny thing is, here's where it gets completely hypocritical. The whole purpose of having the disclosures and why it needs to be registered as a security is to have enough disclosure information out there. So somebody who's non-educated, who's less sophisticated, has the information they need to make a good decision. But this rule is just the, just the opposite. It like makes no sense. But nonetheless, let's just call a spade a spade. Ripple got the win for what they wanted, which is to be able to sell the token secondary sales, not as a security. And the SEC got their win to be able to say, hey, we're gonna come after you if you sell to an institution or you sell out and you made a promise and you didn't register, we're gonna come. So both sides got a win. And for me, it makes no sense for either side to appeal. My guess is both sides are gonna go off in the sunset, they're both gonna spin the narrative the way they want. We saw that we saw exactly how the SEC spun the narrative, right? That they won. And we also and we know that Ripple won. It's really it was a win-win for both sides, except think about this. One side is going to be collecting seven hundred million dollars, so so at a big payday coming to them at the uh, end. I don't let, think an appeal happens,
2: guys. Let's don't forget what we spoke all those months about. What we say? Why are all those lawsuits? Because we are also saying the the institutions were not ready to adopt crypto, and 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 I mean, is there still a reason, for example, to delay uh, uh, XRP uh, to roll out in the market? Maybe, maybe not. But I see here this BlackRock guy. I mean, he is currently promoting Bitcoin and crypto. I mean, he filled probably his his bags are loaded at uh, at BlackRock, and they want to sell. And now they need some good news, and in combination with with this this lawsuit of XRP, you know, we get a, a little bit of good news, and that that lays the foundation for the selling and the and the and the and the ETF of uh, of Bitcoin. You know, it's all entangled together. And you know what's exciting, Andrew, is we've often speculated how quickly they would change their
0: stance. This is what we're doing right now. We're learning how quickly things can change. And just three months ago, the same guys who were very critical of cryptocurrency overall are filing for applications to get involved in the market. And here's somebody very powerful talking about this Ripple ruling and how an appeal, it's not very likely.
2: Uh, what is attempted with XRP is not so much maintaining the value, but offering a vehicle for exchange, which is quite different because there you can have value fluctuating. All you need is value to be stable for 10 seconds while the uh, whole transaction takes place. And as a result, uh, there's a whole different need for regulation. You don't need to regulate value. I don't care. So long as there is some value, the transaction can certainly take place. And as a regulator, I'm not so worried about either this displacing my fiat currency, because you're moving from one fiat currency to another, it's just an interim value. And it's it's a means of exchange.
0: The same people who were confused about how this stuff works are now teaching the open public how simple it is. Gonzo, we'll start with you. How do you feel about this video?
1: Yeah, you know, what's interesting is that um, even though they lost that piece of it, um, for the companies that are already out there, it affects them. But anything new that comes along, you know what they're going to do, right? They're just going to make the right disclosures. They're going to offer them to accredited investors. This is in the U.S. I'm talking about, and they'll make the disclosures and they'll be able to invest early, anyways, right? And then once they 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 bring it out into the open market, um, that's where we're we're going to be able to buy it. So it seems to me like it's just another way to kind of do the same thing that they've always done. Of making the rich richer, right? Because it doesn't—they won't lose the ability to be able to invest early in these projects, as they're already accredited investors. It's just—it's going to be up to the protocols or the platform to do the appropriate disclosures.
3: Right. And if you but, want, um, the, the only difference though is when you want to now, you know, file registers security to do it right to be able to allow non-accredited investors to play in the game. Abs, that's expensive. That's where disclosures. I mean, they could be upwards on the on the order of a hundred thousand dollars or more. We looked into this when we were doing PCA. And we're like, holy crap. <laughs> so we kept it to accredited investors because when you want to play with unaccredited investors, it gets very, very expensive. So that's why I think what Gonzo said is true. They're just going to give it, they're going to say, okay, you know what? Here, only your accredited investors can play. Non accredited investors are not going to be able to play unless companies have the money to file and do all the disclosures and everything. And then, then, then the non accredited investors can play too. Uh, it's just going to come down to how deep their pockets are whenever they launch these things.
1: We're
0: talking
3: about how, you know,
0: we- oh, go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, it's going to be interesting. I would like to hear, you know, Jeremy Hogan's take on all that, like how this is going to affect the future of kind of venture capital and how they invest, if we're, if we're yeah. correct in the assumption that we're making. So you guys we're will gonna, definitely have I'm to ask it. them. You're
0: Another thing we're going to have planning. to discuss in the months going forward is Ripple's IPO possibly happening outside of the United States. Just because they won this lawsuit doesn't mean they have a good relationship with the SEC, and if they were going to apply to register in the U.S., The SEC is the one who would give them a green light. We got a lot of videos for today, but trust me, this one is worth watching as former chairman of the CFTC describes what his take was from the Ripple ruling.
5: As Romain said, there's a lot of news today. Among other things, that Ripple decision, everybody's been waiting for it in this area. And I would say it's sort of Solomonic. I mean, sort of there's something for everybody. Explain that decision and whether you think it makes
6: sense to say sometimes XRP is a security, sometimes it's not. Well, We're still sort of waiting for the full opinion, or at least I haven't seen it yet. But from what I have read, uh, the judge decided for Ripple on some very important claims and therefore ruled in favor of its summary judgment motion, but allowed some of the SEC's claims to go forward. I think the key issue here is how does it end up interpreting the Howey test overall? You may recall the Howey test is what we use to determine whether a crypto token is a security. And it sounds like the judge leaned more into sort of Ripple's uh, camp than the SEC's, in the sense that uh, it appears to say that unless the arrangement really uh, created some post sale rights and obligations between the parties, uh, then maybe it's not a security. Now, again, we sort of have to analyze the full decision to really make sure of that because the judge did allow the claims on the institutional sales to go forward the institutional sales had a lot more optics and color around them that looked like normal security sales whereas the retail sales i just want
0: to pause this so when he says there's optics and color around them that make it look like a security it's because ripple was taking a product that that the sec considers theirs they were taking xrp going to let's say jp morgan which they weren't and saying You can use it for this specific purpose, and because of that purpose, it should increase in price, or at least you should be able to use it for this reason. That's what makes it a security, and that never happened with retail, so it removes a lot of the turbulence from the market. But again, it doesn't necessarily protect institutions. We're going to play 30 more seconds to go to
5: Johnny and Gonzo. Here we go. Uh,
6: The programmatic sales did not. So we'll have to wait and see.
5: Yeah, important we have to wait and see. Fair point. There is a little irony, at least in the initial reports, that it's the institutional people that need protection and the retail people don't need protection. But let me ask you whether the markets, you think, might be getting it right. Because XRP, the, the token, she zoomed up. Last time I checked, it was 25 27% up. Do you think the markets got this right?
6: Yeah, I mean it did, as did some other tokens. Uh, So again, if the judge um, basically interpreted the Howey test in a more conservative way than what the SEC was arguing, then it is very significant. But look, it's still not gonna resolve some of the basic issues we have of how do we regulate this industry? And that's kind of what I've been arguing all along. We've been too bogged down in these questions of, is it a security, is it not a security that have prevented us from putting in place some reasonable standards to protect investors but also to encourage
0: innovation. And and when he's talking about protecting investors, that's not me and you Johnny, that's the billionaires he's talking about, but I'm going to give you the floor and then we'll move on.
3: Well, he basically came out and literally said he summarized exactly what we were talking about earlier. That's why I was saying there was a win on both sides and that's what he was basically saying. You know, the SEC got their win on the on the beginning half of the uh, of the sale and the and Ripple got the the most important part of the win that they wanted, which was secondary sales. You know, somebody said in here, "Wolf well, Ripple lost." Why aren't they appealing? In Ripple's mind, they didn't lose the big battle that Ripple was fighting for here was secondary sales. where they didn't want it to be called the security. They won that part. So I don't know why people are confused. They're not going to appeal. They won the part they wanted to win, and the SEC ended up managing to get a small win where they can come out. And still say these things do meet the Howey test and they are securities. But like he said, that protects institutional investors. Which, by the way, they don't need the protection. They're already sophisticated and understand it. And that's why there is some uncertainty here. That's kind of making people wonder what the heck's going on. How can you say? In well, some cases, it is a security, and someone isn't. And that's why I was telling you the other attorney was arguing that that's why this will go to appeal because you can't have a decision where sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. But he said the most important thing. He goes. What is gonna? This isn't gonna help the whole industry. What it will help is certain situations that have similar facts in the case. They will point to this court case and say, "Hey, XRP wasn't a security and programmatic sale, so why why should we be right?" But he's spot on where there still is some uncertainty. Why? Because Congress has to do their job and come out and say, "Hey, this is what in the cryptocurrency space." This is the test. They have to create a new test, a cryptocurrency test. I'm not going to call the Howie or Ripple. They need to create a cryptocurrency regulation, you know, that says this is what it is. And whether it's a security analysis. Security. know, until we get that abs, We're just going to have this continuation back and forth forever. Gonzo, I think one of the biggest questions is, how does this affect the
0: rest of the cryptocurrency market? And that's what I want to ask you about. As somebody who knows a lot about Ethereum, and I'm not going to make the mistake of calling you the Ethereum expert here, but the Ethereum expert is, you are the Ethereum expert of our group. Does this give Ethereum a free pass to be a decentralized commodity? This is the big conversation everyone's waiting to have. With this rule affecting institutional sales, who knows about Ethereum's initial distribution, but obviously right now it is decentralized. What did you take away from this case and how it may affect Ethereum?
1: You know, I think, you know, the CFTC has already called Ethereum a commodity. And, you know, you've already seen that they've given them a free pass. So um, I still think I'm of the opinion that Ethereum, whether it's right or wrong, um, has the, the clarity that it needs. Um, you know, but... We'll we'll wait to see how that kind of shakes out. Um, you know, um, there was a really good comment that uh, Mentelec made about um, about the sales. About like you know, why would the why why would the SEC um, appeal it um, because they see it as a win? And and that's a really good point, right? And so uh, you know, like everything else, just like we had to wait for the uh, the resolution of the of this case, we're gonna have to see the resolution of the appeal, right, just like everything else. And in the meantime, all you can do is just kind of figure out what your investment thesis is and continue to, to kind of go with that, right? But I, you saw that in the price action though, Abs, going back to your question, as far as those ones that were named securities, like in the Coinbase lawsuit and the Binance, a lot of them had price appreciation. Uh, Algorand did not, I'm not sure why, maybe something about how Algorand was rolled out, but really the other ones recovered very nicely. Solana and especially Matic recovered very, very nicely. Um, and, you know, the whole market moved up, but overall, you know, we're still kind of, you know, we're waiting for the Bitcoin having. And for now that's what kind of rules the market. Uh, and, and we'll see, right. Cause you, you see like even now, even today, right. We're still like 50% down of where we were trading, um, uh, you know, more than a year ago, when we were under the lawsuit, I'm talking about the price action of XRP, right? When it was at a dollar forty, dollar fifty, it was higher, and we were in the lawsuit, right? So right now, we're dealing, we're trading fifty percent lower than that, uh, and we've got resolution of the lawsuit. So there's definitely still a lot of like kind of macro things that are going on. Not to mention, it's crypto, right? So to me personally, it's very volatile, and it's always being manipulated.
0: Johnny, one of the things I can tell when I look at the XRP price chart, and we are looking at the monthly chart, so this is one of the most reliable timeframes you can use when trading, is that we broke out and we are now creating a level of support right around this 68 to 73 cent range. And the reason this is so key is because the 78 cent range was considered an iron wall for any of the OG crypto investors. When we were talking about this currency before it was being sued, this price target right here, about 78 cents, was a level that XRP couldn't seem to get through. And we are talking about how XRP's ruling could affect Ethereum. Well, Brad Garlinghouse commented on this. So here's 10 seconds, and then Johnny, floor is yours. I just do that as a
4: statement of reality of where we are right now. And I think it does for you know call upon elected officials to, you know, lean in and make sure that, that that dynamic that because they sued us and we got clarity and they've given clarity to Bitcoin, they won't even now confirm after having said it previously about
0: Oh, he says about Ethereum, the end of the clip was cut off there, but he says they won't even confirm whether Ethereum is a security or a commodity. That's the biggest question in the market now. Johnny, we got 575 live listeners here. Ooh. Thank you for being here on this Monday morning. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And believe it or not, we've got a groundbreaking article, saved for the end of the show where Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, is stating that cryptocurrency could pass fiat currency in value. We're going to break it down at the end of the show. But Johnny, what'd you think about Garlinghouse statement?
3: Well, I mean, you know, we, we know when you go back and look at what Ethereum did, they literally did exactly what Ripple did. So there's no question that early on, especially on this case now, but we'll look at some of the facts. They, uh, you, you heard Vitalik talking about, hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna offer this thing, we're gonna build something, we're gonna raise money. Out. Literally all the howie tests. literally there's a video out there that actually describes each element of the howie test, and then he's talking to each one of them. So if they operated like that, then there's no question about it that they would be would have been ruled as a security the way they launched. Now, again, I think it's almost very similar to Ripple, whereas today, I don't agree that, that ETH is operating as a security anymore. But I do believe when it launched, it was. It's literally the same thing. I literally think you can apply this same, and I'm not an attorney, so it doesn't matter, but you can almost apply this same ruling to them and you get the same thing. You would split the baby with ETH is what probably would happen. But the difference here is Somebody got paid 15 million bananas to not ever have to worry about whether or not we need to go to the, call this thing and call this thing. Yeah, they got the clarity with the 15 million bananas. So I don't think we're ever going to hear, you know, we're never going to really see, you know, ETH getting called to the to the to the floor as to whether or not it's going to it's a security. Not. It's probably going to get a free pass, as we we all know. And one of the things that's important to know about Ethereum's relationship to JP Morgan is that
0: JP Morgan is one of the only banks to separate itself from R3, which is a cryptocurrency consortium that's a global cryptocurrency group. They're the only one to leave that group and start building on top of Ethereum. And they've also been the most critical of XRP. So I'll let you connect the dots, guys. Here's a video they're calling the most bullish crypto video of all time. And the audio is a
5: little bit tough here, but I'm sure it's worth playing. Here we go. More and more, our global investors are asking us about the role of crypto. And as I said, I do believe a lot of crypto is, is going to be is an international asset. It's going. It is. Um, it has a differentiating value versus other asset classes. But more importantly, because it's so international, it's going to transcend any one currency in currency valuation. If you just look at the value of. Of our dollar, how it de- depreciated last two two months, and how much it appreciated over the last five years. I mean, a international crypto product can really transcend that.
0: Can you believe that? Can you believe we just heard Larry Fink say that? Johnny Crypto, floor's yours. Then cash flow.
3: I absolutely can believe it because I know how the game is played. All right. so there's no surprise that the narrative is shifting now that the big boys are ready to play. Okay, we know it. Yusko told us. I'm not going to tell everybody, you know, this thing's great. If I want to buy it, I'm going to fund it, knock it down, buy it then. And then once I own it, I'm going to come out and tell everybody how great it is. And that's the stage you're watching right now. Now, be pay attention to what he said very carefully. He's not talking about the whole altcoin market. He says cryptocurrency, but he's really talking about one. He's talking about Bitcoin because he referenced last week, Bitcoin as an international asset and he said it again today in this clip that you just played. He's talking about it being an internet blah, international asset and when he when he referenced it last time he was specifically talking about Bitcoin. so I don't want anybody to get excited that he's talking to hope because I don't believe he is now I could be wrong but my opinion is right now in his mind he's specifically talking to Bitcoin Now here's the, the silver lining of that It doesn't matter because the fact is once money falls into Bitcoin, it's then going to flow into, to some degree, what I call the halo effect. Some of that money is going to, you know, overpour over the sides and flow into the altcoin market. So I think in the long run, abs, once they bring excitement and attention to Bitcoin, that is going to be a good thing for the overall entire crypto space. It's going to be like a high tide. I know I sound like a, de- a broken record. It's a high tide that raises all, the uh, uh, <laughs> high tide that raises all boats. Abs, that's what's coming, and that's why this is very bullish news.
0: Andrew Cashflow, here's the remainder
5: of that clip, and we're going straight to you. Here we go. A international crypto product can really transcend that. And that's why we believe there's great opportunities, and that's why we're seeing more and more interest. And that interest is broad-based worldwide. Wow. I
0: mean, we talk about XRP on this channel all the time, guys, but when you understand that this is much bigger, Bitcoin controls the market. If Bitcoin reached $1.2 trillion in market cap during the 2021 bull run, we're going to get a multiple of that during 2025. And this is a primary example of where that liquidity could come from cash flow. Floor is yours, then Gonzo.
2: <laughs> Have an idea how much fees there are, they, they are able to make in this, uh, in this area. I mean, uh, Binance was kicked out, by the way, also in Europe, Binance is kicked out. Uh, I had to transfer all my assets from Binance to, to, an, to, another, uh, to another company. Um, imagine what is happening. We spoke earlier also in this show about tokenization of assets. Imagine how much cryptocurrency is needed for all the tokenization of, of the assets. I you know, I, I want to, to make a prediction when the first uh, stock stock exchange will trade, stocks 24-7 traded in crypto. I think another three years, maybe. Wow. And we're there. Yeah. So I mean, I
0: could see it, Andrew. And I think it's really likely that we're going to see spot ETFs for a variety of currencies. We're focused on Bitcoin now, but I think we could quickly see an Ethereum and even an XRP ETF
2: over the next two or three years. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, there will be more and more products. They will start with ETFs and, and, and other kinds of uh, uh, instruments. And then slowly, uh, all other assets will also be tradable in parallel with uh, with, with, with crypto and, and, and fiat money. And I think uh, new partners and new players will come in the market and will take it over. And they will make it because I want to trade my, my, my Bitcoin ETF. I want to trade it 24-7. Although I'm at, uh, at BlackRock, and I think BlackRock also has a path to do that. Uh, though those yeah those uh, systems are not yet available, but I think they are working very hard to make that uh, to make that available. So you know yeah. that that one trillion in Bitcoin, it will be multiple multiple multiples of uh, of that.
0: So we got about a couple of minutes left here. We're talking XRP price action, but we're also going to talk about why certain individuals are yet to address the Ripple ruling. And here's one of the most prominent people in crypto, Anthony Pompliano, describing that he thinks Bitcoin could never be controlled. Two
4: questions. Okay. Do you think the Chinese
0: Communist Party could if they wanted to
4: control those four miners?
5: No. <laughs>
0: And that's a legendary clip from Brad Garlinghouse in and of itself. That reaction speaks for itself, Gonzo. Let's shift gears just a little bit. I want you to address the video. But when we talk about the XRP price chart, 83 cents was a target that we had mentioned on our channel for a few days. That's exactly where we went. We went to 83 cents, pumped over to 90 for about 10 minutes, then came right back down to that initial level. So to close us out, what are some of the levels that you're keeping an eye on for the price chart? And do you think we have a final leg up or was that the price run everyone was waiting for?
1: No, definitely building out a flag. I think we could have another uh, you know, move up. Definitely that cell wall is right there at ninety-four and ninety-three cents. So what I did personally is I've got them right there at ninety-three, somewhere in the middle of the golden pocket. The golden pocket a dollar ten. So you could do a dollar nine, dollar eight, kind of like what you were doing. And then in case we get really extended, the top of the golden pocket is about a dollar twenty-nine. So uh, you know, a dollar twenty-seven, dollar twenty-eight. And if some of those execute, great. If they if all three, like we get a candle wick that blows right through. Then, then that's perfect. But I do think we're going to come back down and retest that major trend line. And that major trend line that we've been respecting now for a very long time, depending on what the timeframe is. But when you're looking at like September, October, we think there's going to be a major correction in the overall market. You know, you're looking at uh, somewhere in the high 40s to low 50s, depending on where it can be. You know, you so- can end up with, as crazy as it sounds, you can end up with a 46, 47 cent, uh, you know, XRP later on in the year. And then we build up from there again.
0: And this is what I want to end on, Gonzo. We've talked about this for quite a while. That money, that $20 billion that came out of nowhere and everyone's acting like it's a small amount of change, that's $20 billion in liquidity that just entered XRP. And that didn't take place over several months. It happened in a day. So I think it's another example of needing Merlin. And guys, here's the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses in total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands. So you no longer have to guess what your portfolio. I'm going to end it a little bit early there, Johnny guys, you know, the Merlin ad 30 days, absolutely free. Get the beta testing down below. We're rolling out this product this month. So we've talked about it for years. We're finally giving it to our listeners. Johnny, we got about 30 seconds here. Give me a little XRP take and feel
3: free to talk to Merlin. Well, we're rolling out next month. Not this month. Don't get us in trouble. (laughs) But, but, but anyway, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me do that. Let me say where we're all, but yeah, next month, hopefully all goes well. but we're getting close, but uh, you know, there's exciting apps and it is important that you have an exit plan for sure. And, you know, obviously you all saw with, with XRP, you know, that kind of, these kind of pumps that you have here on the chart, and I know we're running out of time, so I gotta make it quick are going to happen. There's another bull run coming soon. And the nice thing is everybody who gets in Merlin will be positioned to have their exit plans ready to go. So when these things start popping as Gonzo and Mario gave on the air, you know, they weren't ready. They didn't know what was happening, but Merlin told them, hey, get ready. It's time to sell. So I'm excited that we're going to be able to put that power in the hands of the people. I can't wait, Abs. It's going to be very exciting.
0: Thank you so much, guys. And we got 545 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This week, we're going to have Jeremy Hogan coming on the show this Friday, and
1: that's pretty exciting news. We'll see you guys in 23 hours, and like we always say, Warriors, ah, should you should